Do you ever feel like you like to get support with your early adolescent parenting challenges in real time or that you often feel lost in the woods during this stage and you just want to know you're not alone? You are in luck. Starting in the new year, Elevated Adolescence podcast will feature parents and middle schoolers like you receiving real-time coaching as well as additional experts, interviews, and more. I'm so excited. And anonymity is an option. If you're interested in getting coaching from yours truly for free and helping yourself and listeners tackle some of the greatest challenges in parenting, simply email us at support at elevatedadolescence.com subject podcast. That's support at elevatedadolescence.com subject line podcast. Hi, I'm Ashley Chandler, adolescent and parent educator, and I'm on a mission to help middle schoolers and parents carve a more seamless path through these often turbulent years. If you're ready to elevate adolescence, listen in now. I'll never forget when my dad found out that my neighborhood friends had been playing Barbies and the Barbie doctor had been getting a little too touchy-feely with another Barbie. Well, this prompted their parent to call my dad and let him know it could be time to have the talk. My parents were divorced, so this meant he'd have to go it alone. And as he and I sat on the couch, I remember him searching for the right words to say. I remember his expression and him coming up blank. And then he said this, when a man and a woman Oh, never mind. I'll let your mom tell you. So I didn't put the pieces together until years later how difficult even saying that was for him. He had no tools and he was just feeling a little bit lost. This is how some conversations can feel for all of us. And as your early adolescent is now developing their own inner world filled with existential questions, temptations, and input from all sides, you want to do what is essential to keep the doors of communication open between you. But sometimes they shut you out or shut you down or both. And you might be left wondering how to approach a conversation that needs to be had without walking on eggshells. You just want to know how to do it, how to make sure that you keep the doors open. Well, in today's podcast, I'll be sharing the top three essentials to bring with you to any conversation, especially the tricky ones when You want them to open up to you. Without these essentials, there will be a lot of gaps in the conversation that can be filled with misinterpretations or judgments, reactions, or defensiveness. So these essentials that I'm going to share today communicate you care, you're there to support them, and you see and hear them for exactly who they are, which are your ultimate goals. I've created a free PDF guide with these essentials as well as simple prompts to get you thinking about what will work for you during your next big conversation, and I'll link it in the show notes. So let's dive in. Essential number one, communicate your deepest feeling, your deepest wish or intention. Sometimes when we're wanting to have a conversation Our fears and egos get wrapped up into our dialogue, and this can end up being expressed as anger or anxiety or feeling flustered. For example, I was recently working with a parent who was worried about how 
she should help her daughter through some social drama. And she was frustrated with her daughter and she wanted her to have more confidence and to be more direct. And she knew she could come across in a way that resulted in her daughter shutting down. She needed help in approaching her in a more positive way. She needed help knowing how to keep communication open and how to empower her. Instead of having the perfect thing to say or to respond with, I recommended she first communicate her deepest feeling, the root underneath her frustration. And that was rooted really in love, which the root underneath of it all was her daughter is worthy of love and belonging, and she will always belong no matter who she is or what happens out in the world right there with her mother or in their home. Again, this feeling is rooted in love. Communicating your deepest feeling or intention when engaging in a conversation with your early adolescent could sound like a number of phrases. And when I say communicating, I mean explicitly say these words. And I recommend picking the ones that resonate with you. In my house, some of these are on repeat. So here are some examples. You're worthy of all the goodness you want. There is nothing that you could say or do that could make me not love you. No matter who you are or how you show up, you'll always belong with me and in our home. I believe in you. I trust you to make a great decision for yourself. I love you for exactly who you are. You know why I love you? And they say, why? And you say, because you're you. This is one of my personal favorites that is on repeat in my house. Again, keep it simple and get to the root of what you're really feeling. A simple, I love you all the time is sometimes all that's needed to ensure the conversation opens up. So essential number two, actively listen. Listening is the single greatest tool above all others to end suffering, war, and conflict. Modeling how to be a good listener is the best tool you can pass on to your early adolescent. They will experience many challenges throughout their lives, and they can be a source of light in the world if they learn the art of listening and how it invites deep, meaningful, productive conversation. So often we go into a conversation with an agenda of things that needs to be discussed or judgments about what the other's going to say and how they're wrong and how I'm right. And this is all before the conversation even begins. As parents engaging with your early adolescent meaningful conversations, conversations when the doors are open and they receive what you really are wanting to communicate, it must involve active listening on your part as the parent. This means listening with your whole body and becoming a detective, becoming curious as you notice their nonverbal cues, their perspective on the topic, their why behind their actions or their beliefs. And as you become better at noticing and validating their perspective with, I can see you feel that way, I hear you, you can express your care and respect for their experience while still getting your perspective across. Why? because they'll be able to receive what you say when they feel heard and validated. When you listen, you communicate what you're saying and expressing is important to me. 
Even if I don't agree, I respect your perspective. And it teaches them through modeling how to do the same for you, how to reciprocate being an active listener. It teaches them to receive what you're saying when they feel like you've received what they're saying. This applies to all ages. Obviously, everyone can benefit from having a good listener in their life, right? But with this particular age group, when feeling respected is so deeply tied to their healthy identity and rational decision-making and the, the adolescent's sense of justice and what's fair and right in the world, they need to feel heard. And so the importance of actively listening by a parent or caregiver cannot be overstated. So let's apply actively listening to a real world problem some of you might be facing. As the adult, you can see that the stakes are high for them around technology use, and it's all new territory for you. There are a lot of thoughts swirling around in their brain, thoughts about who they are and what the world is like, their place in the world and social groups and at school, etc. If you discover, for example, that they are engaging online in ways that are unsafe and you're unsure how to approach the conversation, remember to fully listen to what's underneath their perspective first. You're going to find out a lot if you approach calmly through listening versus reaction and fear. Nine times out of 10, parents see what's happening on the surface But what's deeper is their longing, the early at your kiddo's longing for connection or to experiment, to take some risks. This is what their brains and bodies are designed to do. So if you approach your kiddo and let them know, you know what they've been doing online and you leave the doors open, you allow them to express themselves in whatever way it comes out at that moment, pay attention to what's beneath the surface. I won't dive into all the next steps here aside from the obvious to set some boundaries, but a key ingredient to addressing the thoughts that led to the unsafe behavior is to start with actively, non-judgmentally listening, and then you can make the next right move. Essential number three, I love this one because I am such a believer in the power of neurodiversity and the different ways that all of us learn and the different ways that all of us communicate. And that is present different modalities to communicate openly. So I don't know about you, but when I first discovered love languages, my mind was blown. So to refresh for some of you that may not know, the seven love languages are acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, communication, expression of affection and love. And is that, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then it says final thoughts. You know, I'm not sure what final thoughts is, but those are the seven love languages. I know for me, the other ones really, really ring true. Once I learned about these love languages, I understood my husband more, myself more, my parents and my friends. It makes so much sense. People give and receive love differently based on their own personalities and their own needs. The same is true for opening the doors to conversation with your middle schooler. Sometimes being able to talk openly and articulate how they feel, especially when they're just trying to make sense of it, can be really challenging 
for many early adolescent kids. I mean, good. I mean, it can be challenging for adults all through, right? So this could apply to everyone, but especially them when they're just trying to make sense of it, right? So this is why it's essential to present them with different modalities to communicate openly with you. And you let them know that it's okay for them to express themselves in different ways. Maybe, for example, they are super physical and they feel most open and connected after they have had a chance to be active or be active with you. Maybe they love art and they can express themselves through art over dialogue and conversation every day of the week. There are so many variations of how they might prefer to express themselves and how you might approach them to keep those doors open. So some examples include handwritten notes, um, just a simple note that says, I love you, or can we talk in five minutes? I love you. Or how was your day? Something that just keeps that communication open in a different way. Maybe a private journal that's just the two between the two of you that you share and you have your own spot where you put it. So it's a private conversation through a journal, or maybe it's them drawing a picture, writing a poem, or even writing a song. I know kids that can write and sing songs that are so incredibly deep and powerful that, and then if you had a conversation with them, you wouldn't know they were the same kid because in conversation, they are a lot more shy and reserved and, um, and inward, or maybe they just simply write a story. I know that's my daughter's preferred method. She writes so many stories and she also writes notes. So you can create one with your middle schooler that means something to them. And the idea is that this different modality does not replace having real conversations, but it keeps the door open when they might be feeling blocked or very sensitive, or the topic is a tricky one and you both want to approach it in a sensitive way. So those three essentials to open up communication are number one, communicate your deepest feeling. Ask yourself, what is the root of what you really want to express. Number two, actively listen. You listen and seek to understand their perspective, not just to share yours. And three, present different modalities so that you can meet their communication style where it's at. And don't forget, I've created that free PDF guide that lays out these three essentials and gives you the space to create your own essentials in there as well to brainstorm what works for you, what doesn't. So just download for free. It's in the show notes. Remember, regardless of what they say or how they act, they always need you. And ultimately, they want to be able to connect with you. Never doubt this fact for a second. Some issues you're facing might be sticky and uncomfortable, some even downright brutal. And I hope these essentials remind you of the power you have in expressing your unconditional love and support and keeping the doors of communication between you open. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Adolescence Podcast. If you've liked this episode, please subscribe and share so more people like you can be elevated through these middle school years. It truly takes a village. Until next time, be well. Thank you.